Welcome to Uncharted Entrepreneurship, your front row seat to daring stories from the boldest business trailblazers forging new paths across industries. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, armed with inside access, sitting down with partners, founders, and CEOs in the entrepreneurial world. Let's explore. Welcome to this episode of Uncharted Entrepreneurship. Today, I have Tim Bardsness with Fjorge. Tim, go ahead, do an introduction for yourself. Tell us your day-to-day -day role and one of your passions in life. Sure. Uh, I'm Tim Bardsness, founder and CEO of Fjorge. Um, I've been working in or building Fjorge for um, almost 20 years now, uh, kind of taking the, the long path to growth, but I'm very happy with, with where it's come. Um, shoot, I've forgotten, Brent. What were the other questions you asked? Like your day-to-day -day role and maybe okay. a passion? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm the CEO visionary in traction terms for, um, uh, for Fjord. So day to day, that means, um, I guess a lot of things, but, you know, primary things that I think about are, you know, how do we, how do we fit into the market? Um, how do we attract better talent and how do we deliver better results to our customers? Yeah, that's awesome. And I think talent, talent attraction is such a big thing now, especially in the tech business. It's for sure. People can't believe how hard it is to find people and mm -hmm. retain people even more importantly. Right. Yep. Absolutely. You also, you also asked about my passions in life. Um, I'll name three if that's all right with you. Yeah. So first I'm big into hockey. I started playing hockey after college and I've really enjoyed men's league hockey. Um, I'm a golfer. Uh, so I spend my summers doing that. And then I have four kids and I'm into whatever they're into on any given day. Yeah, that the kids probably take up 110% of your life and then the rest right. is, is left for hockey and golf. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um, Tim, before we get started on our content, we're going to talk a little bit about Fjord. We're going to talk about the Minnesota, EO Minnesota, and maybe the board. We can touch on your role with the board. Uh, but I'd like to tell you a joke. And all you have to do is say, should this joke be free or do you think we should charge for it? It's called the Free Joke Project. And I have some really cool AI-driven uh, images to go along with it. I made a seal, a seal for the joke, you know, like the Minnesota okay. State Seal. But it, And so it, it literally gave me a seal in it. So it's really cool. Um, All right. So here we go. What do you call a paper airplane that can't fly? A stationary. I'd, I'd give that one away for free. Yeah, I know. Remember I told you before <laughs> that the jokes aren't going to be funny? Yeah, well, I, I like it. I, You know, you got to chuckle out of me. Can I give it a go? Yeah, go for it. All right, here we go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. <laughs> Interrupting cow who? Moo! <laughs> <laughs> I kind of saw that one coming. That, that's a good one. I'd, I'd pay for that one. All right. All I got, right, I got, a, I got a return for you. I've never started a new band. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Jeez, I already blew it. This is where the editing comes in. I started right. a new band called Blanket. It's a cover band. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're killing it, Brent. I know. I'll pay for that one. I keep trying to lose weight, but somehow it keeps finding me. <laughs> Yeah, we'll stop. Isn't that we the could, truth? We could go all day. We we could, but we're not. I know you got well, worried. I could see the worry in your face. All right, <laughs> Tim. All right, so let's um tell us a little bit. Give us some background on Fjorge. When did you start it? Um, and uh, and then tell us like in that journey of starting your business, how did you meet EO and how did that come about? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've officially founded 
uh, Fjord in 2005. Um, we, uh, let's see, we were kind of two people through my early to mid twenties. Um, so it was the, the two of us working on custom software projects. Um, that's primarily still what we do today. Um, I joined EO's accelerator program in 2008. So I was an accelerator for their accelerator program from 2008, uh, to about 2012. And that's a program that takes, takes businesses from the 250,000 mark to the million mark to help you qualify for EO. Um, so that program was really beneficial for me. Um, I, I met a lot of, you know, like-minded people. I think, um, you know, when I initially started, I felt really alone in what I was doing and to know that there were other people kind of in the same boat with similar, um, kind of problems with that business size was really valuable to me. Um, I stepped away from accelerator in 12 and then, uh, joined EO proper in 2015. Uh, so I've been in EO about eight, eight plus years. Um, it's been a huge part of my personal and professional life. Yeah, and I got my same introduction uh, into Accelerator. I think I started in 2014 in Accelerator, and it was one meeting. Like we did a, it was a quarterly day, and and um, one thing was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I need. And I think just I want to just dig in on what you said about like you felt alone, like there wasn't anyone to talk to. And for me, I just did whatever I was going to do, and half the time, more than half the time, I was wrong. Um, yep. and nobody to kind of bounce ideas off of. Right. Um, I, I, I agree with that. I think for me, you know, it's not like I had this vision to build this grand thing. Um, I was really in a position where I was almost a, a glorified freelancer had one employee. Right. And if our basic market positioning was, if somebody had a technical problem that they wanted solved, we would solve it for them. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to explain to people what that means and, and find them at the right time. Um, so, you know, I guess I would say I didn't really have a vision. I maybe didn't even know what vision was. Um, and you know, it's something that finding other people and understanding how they think about things really helped me there. Do you think there's a hurdle? Uh, cause I was also a freelancer with one employee, uh, way back in the day. Um, do you, do you think there's a, there's a hurdle with how do I manage a person and how do I get those tasks out of my head into that person so we can scale this? I mean, there's definitely a hurdle for that. And I think, you know, there's another term scaling that I had no idea what that meant or why it mattered. Um, but, you know, I made the assumption um, early on in my work that because it came pretty naturally to me, um, that it was easy and that anyone could do it. Um, and I found out kind of the hard way that, you know, it's there's a lot more to it than that. There's, you know, the things that come naturally to me on my inside to be able to put those into other people and help them with have similar or the same passion as me um, was a real challenge for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, we, we did, we'll talk maybe a little about EOS later, but there's some tools that you can employ if you're using some of the tools out of the toolbox, which is an open source toolbox that yep. anybody can use. Right. That would be a, there's a people finder and there's a, there's a, there's all kinds of different things that you can employ now that as you get more educated to help you understand, is this the right person for the right seat? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, both right person and right seat are, are critical, obviously. Um, you know, I always, well, I worked at a couple organizations when I was in high school where they had, they had values, um, but they were values in the sense that they had words on the wall. Um, and, 
if you asked anyone about them, they, they wouldn't be able to say how they relate to them. And I think um, when we implemented, uh, implemented traction, our implementer helped teach me what it meant to have values that matter and instill them in our people. Yeah. And I, I, I love that idea about values because one of the things that you should be doing, I should never say should, because we shouldn't should on people, right? One thing thing that we always tried to do is hire people for values. And it's easier said than done, right? You you have these core values and you hire people that match those core values. And if they don't match the core values, A, don't hire them. Right. B, figure out, you know, at some point they're, they're going to have to go, right? There's not, there's not an easy way to say, hey, you don't meet any of our core values. Maybe there's a different job for you in our organization. No, <laughs> there's yep. no job for you. Yeah, it was really interesting. When we, when we, um, when we created our values, uh, we were a team of six, and we basically based the values off me and one other person who were I saw as the successful people in the, co- the company at that point. Uh, and we, over the six months that followed, we turned over the, the other four people. Um, so it was, you know, I remember my implementer telling me that to expect that to happen. And it, you know, I kind of thought, oh, well, we'll see. And it, it, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I think that our transition into, um, well, number one, just going in from, ex- from nothing into accelerator and then to EO, but then we also implemented EOS. Uh, mm-hmm. Our implementer had our leadership team come and we met at their their office and we all sat mm-hmm. around a big table and spent two days. And at the end of that, he said, well, Brent, I think there's these two people that shouldn't be on the leadership team. There's no reason for them. Yeah. So, you know, we had spent a couple of years with people on a leadership team that we had modeled off of EOS without an implementer, only to find out that they were sort of redundant. So, yeah, I I think, I mean, it's interesting to... One mistake that we made at one point was building a, a an org chart around the people that we had rather than around what the business needed and really thinking critically about what are the seats that we need. Do we have someone in that role full-time, in that role part-time, um, or otherwise? Um, I'm going to go turn that light back up. Yeah, that... Sorry, um, no, it's all right. <laughs> um, that, uh, that idea um, of the org chart and having the right seat is so important yeah for sure we'll talk really fast okay let's go (laughs) (laughs) um and i've seen other companies make that mistake where hey i have have all these people i'm going to fit them into seats instead of thinking about here here's my business needs right let's see if we have the right person for the right seat rather than the person that can fit in a seat that's a that's a hard concept to get over yep exactly and you know, another thing that really helped us was being explicit about what the seats are, even if we don't have someone in them, so that we like, everyone is on the same page about, we know we need this, we're planning to do it at some point, we're not doing it now, we're doing that purposefully. Um, you know, now we can stop talking about issues of if we had this or if we had that, it's like, we've all decided, we've already decided, this is not what we're doing right now, and we acknowledge that we do need it in the future. Yeah, What? what's... what? What sort of challenges have you seen then with getting your team to adopt that sort of model of having a leadership and having these L10 meetings and things like that? Um, You know, challenge wise, I think there were a bunch along the way. You know, at first it was we had a leadership level 10. And then as you were kind of saying, um, everybody when we were six people, everybody thought they should be on the leadership team. And, you know, it turns out like, what does the business need is what matters, right? Um, so we had a leadership L10 that had 
me and one other person. And then we had a, uh, you know, call it a delivery or for lack of a better term, uh, level 10 with, with the rest of the people. And it's just, you're the, the reason they're separated is because you're talking about different things. You're talking about things that don't relate to delivery in the leadership L10. And you're talking about things that don't relate to leadership in the delivery L10. So separating was, was, you know, what I would say not well received, but, um, necessary and proof fruitful. Yeah, I think my my former business partner would always say there's certain things that don't need to be heard out of Brent's head because I might have a I'm the visionary and I'm I'm an idea person and and most of them are bad, but I like to talk about them and it gets everybody very nervous, especially as your team grows and you start talking about here's all the vision here's the vision that I have and yeah. if you don't if you don't filter that pretty soon like oh man like you know we talked about that last quarter and it's still not done like why did they even tell us about this right yep exactly i I remember very vividly um when we were about 25 people you know i'd I'd go ask someone a question like hey i have this idea to try this thing and you know i'd check in a week later to find out they'd spent the whole week working on it it's like oh (laughs) that was not what i meant by asking that question and I understand why you might think that's impressive or you maybe took that, that step, but that is not, that's not where we need to go right now. Like we need to focus on our priorities and we'll come back to it at the appropriate time. So I'll put it on the issues list and we'll, we'll get to it. Did you say, yeah, we'll, we'll still use a daiquiri maker in the lunchroom though. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was a great idea, right? Yep. You yep, just don't yeah, want it, it at really the lunchroom. Good idea. Hey, we'll just use it on weekends. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, so tell us when, so tell it, you're on the board, there's a path to leadership in EO. Tell us about why yeah. you joined the board, you know, and then when, how, how many times you've been on the board and I, right now you're the finance chair. Tell us a little bit about sure. that. Yeah. Um, so I am, yeah, I've been on the board. I think this is my third year and I just signed up for year four, um, all as the finance chair along the way. I, uh, they added a, a governance chair as well as a necessary role. Um, so I'm doing that one as well. Um, so I joined primarily to get involved and get connected to people outside of my forum. So a lot of times when you, when you talk to people about, uh, about EO, the thing that they mention first is their forum and how valuable their forum is. Um, and I agree. It is extremely valuable. I love them. Um, I, I, we've been on an amazing run and I, I see that going for, for quite some time. Um, but I think the other thing that's maybe a little bit more lost is, um, you get out of EO what you put into it. Um, so, you know, getting, getting outside the forum, building connections, learning from people. Um, it it was an effort to really kind of, um, understand that I, I get to know people best when I work side by side with them. So it's been really nice to, you know, especially have a seat that really like touches every aspect of, um, of EO, um, or of EO of the chapter, um, in a way to, to get to know other members better. Yeah. And I think too, there's a little bit of a bridge between what your forum does and what the board does. There's a communication path and it's always important to have that, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, having people in your forum who know what's going on in the chapter and getting, you know, getting the, the, the coolest events for me are the ones where my forum is at the event. Um, you, you really get a lot out of it. Uh, you see who people are connected to, how they're connected. You, you learn, you grow all together. Um, in our green room before we started, I, I told you about that. I've been interviewing some newer people um, who are just joining EO. Uh, and now you're a seasoned member, 10 years. Did you have certain expectations that you had 
prior and and can you ref, do, can you reflect on those? I know I didn't even set you up for this question, but yeah, that's all right. In, here's here's what I can tell you. Um, so because I was an accelerator, I had a pretty good understanding of what EO was all about. Um, so I know a lot of people when they join, they're surprised that you know it sounds like a business you know a business group, but what it is it, from my perspective is really a life group. You know, and your business is a big part of your life, but uh, balanced life includes your family, your community, um, and yourself. Um, and to to grow in all aspects has been something that I I kind of knew was coming. But you know, compared to Accelerator, it's actually even more an EO. It's more balanced than than the Accelerator program, which really seemed to focus most mostly on your business. Yeah, I think maybe the Accelerator too is driven by the the accountability leader. You know, where True. it's not self-managed and you do have, uh, my experience was that every six months I had a different experience in Accelerator because every single leader was so different. Yeah. Yep. Um, whereas uh, in, you know, your forum, it's pretty consistent. There's a, there, we have a, a constitution that we should live by and, and certain rules that yep. we work on as a forum. So it is a little bit more consistent. Um, yeah. For, you know, from that expectation standpoint, then um, we, we did ta talk a little bit about it's not all about business. And some of these groups out there really are only about business. But I also wanted to kind of tie back when I said we shouldn't should on people. What does that mean? And how does that reflect in how we how we help others? Right. Yeah. OK, sure. So shouldn't should. Um, I'm going to say that to me, that means you're you're not really shooting like you 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 make it sound like you're um sharing an idea but what, what you're really doing is casting expectation right um and but it's an expectation where you don't get agreement you know so the other party receives it they know that you've said should but they're <clears throat> by you saying should are they making a commitment you know they're not um so like you might as well say you must do this and then just not let them respond at all um, and it's, it's to me, you know, it's not collaborative. It's, it's kind of a top-down approach to speaking. Yeah. My experience has been when, when sharing with people, cause I, I definitely took on the gestalt approach, um, which is another fancy, uh, German yeah. word for just share your experience and don't, uh, I think it's German <laughs> anyways. Um, I find that a lot of other people don't understand what I'm trying to get at. And sometimes you just have to, you have to tell them here, here's, I'm going to tell it in my own experience. This is the way I did it. And you can right. take it. You Sometimes you have to be a little bit more, have a little more explanation on it when they, but and some people just want advice, right? Yeah, it, that is, <clears throat> excuse me. That is true. You know, people a lot of times want advice, but I think when you're, when you're seeking advice, you're, you're effectively removing your own accountability. Um, I think the, the, uh, the gestalt mindset is, you know, is healthy in a, in a group because you own your own outcome. You know, somebody shares their experience. It might or might, might not relate to your situation, but you take from it what you want to take from it. And that's on you. So it's really about maintaining a healthy relationship by not having somebody who gave you advice without really having full context where now you don't own the outcome. They own the outcome, even though it's your business, you know? Yeah. And I guess too, it, it helps to understand that we're all in that same little circle and this is the way we're going to communicate that. 
or maybe in a coaching relationship. And I know we talked about like, maybe there's people with life coaches. Coaches are more about you have to do it this way, or here's some instructions on the way to do it and see how it comes back. Um, Our experience sharing would be more like um, in my business, I, I reviewed our payroll on a biweekly basis and found, you know, whatever we did audit of something or another. And this is our outcome of of the way we did it. And then you just leave it from that, Brent. I take from that. Oh, biweekly. That's something I never thought of. You know, we pay weekly, but that would really help my cash flow. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's also about the listener, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That however you're, however you're experiencing, you're explaining it. If the other person is listening, listening in a way with, I'm going to listen to see how they did it. Cause I can yep. glean something that's important about it. Right. Right. That, exactly. That's, that's really the, the thing that, that sets it apart from a lot of the other ones. The last part mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on was that EO is not a networking group that you're trying to get business. Talk a little bit about right. like, Hey, you know, uh, Tim, I want you to buy my product because you're on my, we're on the board and we should be doing business together. Right. Or we're in the same forum, Tim, you should be doing all your business with me. Why wouldn't you? You're in my forum. Right. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, EO has a very, um, strict non-solicitation, pro- uh, policy. Um, so while people do business with each other in EO, um, it's, it's not something where I could come to Brent and say, Hey Brent, you know, I know that you probably have some custom software needs in your, in your content business here. And I really think that Fjord is the, the right thing for you. I think that just can create a bit of a, a toxic environment that I'm really glad is not a part of EO. Um, but it is appropriate of course, to work with EOers when, it, when it's, uh, when it's relevant and it comes, comes, comes together naturally, let's say. Um, I think. The other thing I'll say about that is, well, I understand my target market and most of the companies that are in my target market are not EO companies. So I don't need EO to find business. I find business because I clearly understand the customer that I'm trying to serve. Yeah. And I didn't mean to say we can't do business with with each other. We just can't be, I can't be selling to you. Like, right. you know, exactly. if it's something that you need, you could come to me and you could say, yep. hey, I need this, but I'm not going to just and, overtly come and say, I'm not going to go to, an, uh, I'm certainly not going to my forum, but I'm not going to even go to one of our networking meetings or groups, not yep. our, our, our monthly group meeting and say, Hey, here's my offering. I want everybody to, here's a coupon code. Can you just buy it? Yep, exactly. And as the government governance chair, I see, you know, complaints about messaging or conversations where, you know, somebody feels that another member is crossing the line of, you know, soliciting business from them. And, you know, we work to resolution, we help, we work to help uh, offenders understand what the policy is, why it's important and what the ramifications are if they can't follow it. Yeah, good point. Um, So, you know, as we close out, um, what, what, you know, we can't give advice, but if somebody's interested in joining EO here in the Twin City or anywhere in the world, right? Because there's what seventeen thousand people across the world now in an EO. Mm-hmm. And what it, what would you say to them? And and I'll tell you the first thing when I was membership chair, they said to me, "I don't have enough time." Yeah, or enough money, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, the. There is a time commitment, but I don't, I don't see it as substantial. I think if you're in a position where, you know, you, you're, you're not able to step out of your business 
one day or a half a day a month um, to to really work on yourself, your family, and your business. I think maybe that's something that needs to be revisited. And that might be the exact reason why you need to join EO. Um, it's it really is something that you know. I believe not being tied to every second of your business is a key part of life, and it's definitely a key part of my life. And I think I learned how to do that through EO and through submerging from my wife. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the wife, our wives always help us there. Um, yeah, she's been or sig significant life partners, I should say. Yep. Um, I do want to just go back touch on the idea that this is a balance between family, personal, and business. And if you are engrossed in only one of them, and I can think of some big tech people, you know, that, that sometimes portray themselves as you have to work 120 hours a week, you have to be engrossed in your business all for those 120 hours a week. And, right. it, and, re, re, you know, who cares about my family and my personal life, right? And I, that's yep. no way to live it because at the end of the day, you're going to retire and hopefully you have a personal life. Yeah, I heard, I heard someone, it was actually an EO speaker, I think, who said, you know, what do you want people to, to write in your obituary? And think about what, what you wanted to say and then how you live your life to like make those things true. Um, yeah. I don't want my obituary to be empty or, you know, not have teeth in, in reality. So um, I want to work toward being a, a well-rounded person. Well, who knows if you're going to have teeth? I mean, nobody cares <laughs> about that, right? Well, yeah, Tim wore dentures. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a bad joke. One day. I, I hope I, to do that, Sorry too. about that. <laughs> uh, so, Tim, um, as, I, as I close out, uh, we'll give you a chance to do a shameless plug. I didn't tell you this oh, either, but you're going to do a shameless plug about anything you want to plug. Uh, what would you like to plug today? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, the obvious thing to, to plug would be EO. I'm going to think here. I'm blank and Brent. How about Fjord? You could plug Fjord. I'll plug Fjord. Why not? There um, you go. You know, Fjord does amazing um, custom web and mobile solutions uh, for businesses of all sizes. And, you know, we're, we're really working hard. Uh, we, we built an office in Ghana um, a couple of years ago, and we're really making hard, working hard to make a difference in Africa as well. So um, that's one of, one of the passions of my life. And I will, I will plug Fjord. That's awesome. And we should have a follow-up because, uh, you know, we both, I ran a pre my previous business, we ran with with teams over the overseas and it, you know, we have, we were very successful in our communications and growing our teams and pods. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I was, I, I never really got to dig in with how your experience with in Ghana, but I, I would like to have a follow-up on that. I think it's, it's really, I, I think that's, that's number one, it's a great thing that you're doing because you're helping a community grow, uh, but it's also a challenge. Right. And, and especially, um, you know, we, we did Bolivia, which don't, yep. don't try that, but, um, you know, I think that <laughs> it would be interesting to hear about that. Um, the, uh, uh, there's a, there's a movie about, um, about, uh, about a marathon. There's a, there's a judge in, in LA that does the marathon in Ghana with his, with his little running group, Skid Row Marathon, it's called. Okay. Uh, and they run the, the Ghana marathon as one of their out whatever their their goals as a group so Got it. anyways that's that's what i've seen of it um so all right tim well i now i'm rambling i apologize i normally don't ramble at the end but uh, we did get to talk about running really quick so that that got that part there in. you go <laughs> um tim how would people get a hold of you uh probably the best way is either fjorge.com that's f-j-o-r-g-e.com or you can find me on linkedin as well 
All right. And I will put those, uh, I'll put the links in the show notes. Tim Barsness right. with Fjorge. Fjorge. And I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to bang that out a little bit. Uh, maybe put it in the furnace a couple times to see how well it comes out. That sounds good. I like it. All right. Thanks All a right. lot. Thanks, Brent. Uncharted Entrepreneurship is a production of Content Basis, LLC. Copyright 2023. You can find more award-winning content at contentbasis.io. And that wraps up the latest edition of Uncharted Entrepreneurship. Bold tales from entrepreneurial trailblazers. I'm your host, Brent Peterson, signing off after an incredible fireside chat with one of our intrepid trailblazing guests. Their firsthand perspective on conquering the unexplored wilds of business is just a taste of the rare wisdom you'll discover from pioneering entrepreneurs on this show. I also invite you to join me each week for insider commentary on the startup scene and digital marketing landscape on my Talk Commerce podcast. You can find Talk Commerce wherever you download podcasts or go to talk-commerce.com. I'd be grateful if you left a review and rating for Uncharted Entrepreneurship to help more bold founders find their way to game-changing insights that empower ventures to transform communities. This is your host, Brent Peterson, signing off for now. I'll see you around the virtual campfire next episode as we embark on another adventure into the great entrepreneurial unknown.